Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. You're listening to Scoopy Radio with Brendan Robinson. Scoopy Radio. It's in the oh game podcast God. here on the Ball is Life podcast network. I'm joined by my guy, I am Danny Blanco, Brandon Scooby Robinson. You can find the podcast on Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and the Cruise Control Podcast Network on YouTube. You can follow me at Randy J. Cruz, R E N D Y, letter J C R U Z on both Instagram and Twitter. You can follow Scooby on both IG and Twitter at Scoop B. And Denny Blanco, I am Denny Blanco on both Twitter and Instagram. Denny Blanco, my man, how you doing? You know the vibes, your mama's favorite. Denny Blanco in the building. <laughs> we're here to talk basketball. Scoop B's in, in here with us. And we're going we go, we go, to Friday, baby. It's a Friday. Scoop B, my man, how you doing? It's Friday. I'm chilling. God is good all the time, all the time. God is good. And I'm glad to be with you, Randy and, uh, and, and Blanco. You told me that Blanco sent me, so I'm here. <laughs> That's right, man. Welcome. Um, definitely appreciate you coming on. I know you're a very busy guy in the in the, in the crowd that you uh, have perfected in the last couple of years. Before we get into what's going on with the playoffs, I want to get a little story background about, about you and what you do and how long you've been doing it for. So you're a guy that you know I've been following on Twitter for quite some time. I actually met in person a few times um, at the garden, at the beach, and you know, just, just just seeing the work that you've been able to do in in this crowded space of people who want to report on sports and break news and stuff like that, I know it's very difficult. Um, but in, in in the lines of like the woes and the shams and you know Stephen A. Smith of the world, it's very tough to be in that spot where you might have a breaking story, you might have some 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 tidbits, and people may not want to be quick to, to respect that because you're not probably as known or whatever. So one, how'd you, how'd you get in this space? Do you enjoy this space? And just kind of like how you've been able to, to, you know, tackle that so far. Well, the good thing about uh, what I do, and I think this is just a lesson for a lot of young people is, um, you you got to be like a horse racer. You you have to. I know it's cliche. You have to have 
you have to be a racing horse rather. You, you have to have the blinders on um, because there's a lot of people who want to do what you do. And the minute you start making decisions for you and yours, um, you, you, you begin to kind of upset people. So um, I, I, I don't do it for the acknowledgement. I actually love what I do. Um, my, my journey began um, before I started as a young kid. Uh, at 12 years old, I had a radio show with the Nets on, on AM radio. Um, nice. That slamming planet, and this was during the era when John Calipari was head coach uh, and vice president of basketball operations with the Nets. Um, I auditioned uh, to to get the show, and I was actually hired by Lou Lamorello, who's now the GM over with, um, who's the GM of the year with the New York Islanders. Um, sat in his office, and you know he took a liking to me. Um, it was a show that was executive produced by Amy Shear as well as uh, Chris Carino. But um, even before that foundation, um, I. I I relate to you um, because I like how you look at wrestling and you look at basketball from a 90s perspective and, and forward and backwards. And so my my journey with basketball at large began in two spots. It began in Harlem. And um, my um, my uncle was a, a commissioner of uh, citywide basketball. And mm. uh, yeah, so like anybody who came out of the city knew my uncle Billy. Billy Rawls is his name. And so, like, they, Stephon Marbury, Kenny Smith, Mark Jackson, a myriad of other people. So th that connection to basketball, I, I fell in love with it in, in, during that time. My stepfather is from the west side of Chicago um, and introduced me to a ball-headed guy on television named Michael Jordan. And um, mm. that combination there, plus, you know, my family ran a sneaker store on 125th Street uh, called, called The Athlete's Foot. And so I used to, as a kid, would see like Hakeem Olajuwon and 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 and, and uh, Clyde Drexler and 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 Mike Tyson and you know Dominique Wilkins like do sneaker releases or at the store or just shop at the store either or. So you know I, I was around athletes, celebrities at a young age. I think that's only part of it. I think it's relationships. I think what sets me apart personally from a lot of other people is you know genuine relationships. I didn't necessarily know everybody from the industry that kind of happened over time, but I knew them from a local level and then they carried them professionally. So um, right. been in the game for more. I was I was made for it. When you know your 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 purpose in life, um you, you just follow an, an alignment in that regard. And you know that that's what I've been able to do, thankfully. Right. Denny. My meat was on. Oh. Listen. <laughs> Yeah, my mute was on. Back. Yeah, so yeah. welcome back. <laughs> welcome back. My, my mute was on. Yeah, man, it's 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 dope, Sco Scoopy. It's dope that you um you know the, the the avenue that you've taken to um you know to to be where you are. It's just consistency and and preparation. I would imagine, correct? And a lot of sleepless nights when you when you when uh when any text me this morning, yo, I'm gonna send you the link at one thirty. I was like, because right, <laughs> I had been up till about six o'clock this morning writing. Damn, um, damn. Tory Lane's thing isn't related to basketball because of J.R. Smith. So, like, you know, I was texting J.R.'s brother last night and getting quotes about that. I wrote about four or five different stories. I'm a senior writer at Heavy.com. So, like, I, I had written about four or five different versions of that story um, about Tory Lane. So, like, I woke up and I kept – I, I set my alarm for 12. And I'm like, all right, I know I got to get ready at one thirty. I gave my word. I gave my word. And then when my alarm went up, I was like, damn, I gotta get <laughs> That's how it be sometimes. That's how it be sometimes. Man. All the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All the time. But I love what I do, man. And and to be able to to be to prosper during a pandemic.
pandemic where we're bored in the house and in the house bored. I mean, it, it's a, it, many people don't have that that blessing and that luxury. So I, I genuinely don't take that for granted. I'm, I'm thankful every day I can wake up and I can do what I, what I was called to do. Mm. So like, real quick, so when you started to where you at now, how much how much you feel like you did the the growth uh, of you a, as a writer, as a professional, as a person, and then where where are some areas you you still feel like I gotta I gotta keep on doing this because no one's gonna give you anything. You know what I'm saying? You gotta earn it, you gotta work hard for it. But where do you feel like you know what? If I can master this going forward, I could be at the top echelon when it comes to these kind of people. I think honestly. Um the the biggest growth portion for me has been just improving as a writer. Um, I, I have to be honest with you. Um, when I graduated college in 2011, nobody was knocking on my door, and that's what the experience that I had. I was living in my grandmother's basement, in a basement apartment. Oh, because like you had your own entrance. I had a kitchen. I had a living room. I had a, I had a, a walk-in closet, bathroom, but like I didn't have a stove. I didn't have an oven. I didn't. Ha- I cooked with hot plates, crock pot, George Foreman grill, and a microwave. <laughs> that's talent. That's that's talent right there. That's, Absolutely. Yeah, you know I mean that's talent. <laughs> so like, like I remember, like the, the refrigerator that was down there. You know how you had the double door, like fridge and freezer. Mm-hmm. So like the the one side that was the refrigerator, it didn't work. The only thing I had on that side was. Batteries in the in the in the in the crisper for the vegetables. Put the batteries in there. <laughs> so, that is so black. And, <laughs> and then on the freezer side, the freezer side worked as the refrigerator. So like I would put all my I couldn't I couldn't really get like Tostino pizza rolls or like like you know like Eggles waffles. So like I use that as the refrigerator. So like during those times, I was I was living downstairs. In my grandmother's basement, I was I was um, I was collecting food stamps. I was I, I was often on on unemployment and was an adjunct professor often on in a couple of different colleges. So like mm. during that time, I was kind of like building my fan base by like telling the kids what I do. And I was still writing and freelancing at different places like Slam, Ebony Magazine, Jet Magazine. At one point, I freelanced at about eleven different publications. Um, and what happened was for me, you know, it came a point where, like, I had developed a relationship with Jabril Peppers, who now plays for the Giants. When he was in when he was in high school, like he would be in homeroom, and I would be texting him, "Yo, what do you think about this, that, and the third? And he would give me a quote, and I would write about it. And then, like, uh, Kyrie Irving, I went to his basketball camp in 2013 when he was still a cat before the LeBron years, and then won a championship. And so, like, those two, you know, experiences kind of just. Um, open doors, you know, relationship wise. I think for me, relationships have always been, you know, my calling card, if you will. And, and I've just, I've just, um, you know, utilized them. So the growth has been just um, growing as a man, uh, financially, uh, spiritually, um, emotionally. And, you know, I, I feel like I've put in a lot of work um, that some of my other counterparts maybe would not have entered that territory and, and I, I legitimately rolled up my sleeves and did what I had to do. Um, I've worked for free at different places over the years, the Source Magazine, uh, Respect Magazine. Some of my big breaks came when you know I was at CBS Radio and you know, I had a podcast that did well and would go viral for, for silly stuff that people would say. I think that's when I learned the word viral. Like 
Samaki Walker told me a story about how Kobe Bryant sucker punched him, you know, over a hundred dollars uh, while he was sleeping on the Lakers team bus. <laughs> and I'm like, yo, this is crazy. Like, <laughs> that's Kobe. That's Kobe. That's Kobe for you. Yep. Like over time, just learning keywords, headlines, how to tweet differently than the article headline that you write. Uh, a buddy of mine named Ashish Mathur at the Clutch Points put me on the game with that. Relationships, mm-hmm. man. I, I, I don't. I think I'm, I'm, I use this analogy often. Like LeBron James in 2020 should be competing with LeBron James in 2012 and 2013, and LeBron James in 2016. Comparatively, I'm. You should be a better version of yourself. And I, and I'm just still growing. I haven't arrived. You know, you've mentioned names like Wall, Sean, Stephen A. Smith. I know all those guys. I, I respect them, um, and I don't necessarily think I'm trying to be where they are. I'm trying to be the first Brandon Robinson, but I, I respect those those guys. Right, right. Denny, Scoop B. No, yeah, we, we're gonna. It's not gonna be the Wolves bomb anymore. It's gonna be. The, <laughs> yeah, I mean, no more Wolves bomb. It's gonna be the Scoop B brings you the business bomb. Yeah. What, <laughs> speaking of scoops. What do you think is the biggest scoop that landed in your lap or that you had to actually uh, go out and, and get, you know, get the information and you were the only one that were pri- was privy to this information? Mm-hmm. I think over the last couple of years. So, like, uh, I developed relationships and one day I just woke up and I said, you know what? You know all these people. You can call them. You can text them. You can you know, general managers, you know, the whole gamut. But like I said to myself, um, you're holding that information. Like, how do you how do you disseminate that information? So, um, I'll be very transparent with you. One of the biggest scoops that I actually got wrong um, actually helped my career. Hmm. Um, I had Kevin Durant um, joining the Los Angeles Lakers. That September seventeenth, two thousand and eighteen, and I'll never forget it because that's my sister's birthday. Hmm. What ended up happening was that tweet about Kevin Durant, you know, was mentioned all over the news. You know, it was on ESPN. It was in blogs. I don't regret it for this reason. Um, I told you Kyrie was going to the Brooklyn Nets since last January, February. Um, I told you that J.R. Smith. I told you that J.R. Smith was uh, getting a workout with the Lakers. I told you that Paul George had a rotator cuff injury in April, and he they didn't announce it until July. I ran into Paul George at a party uh, in September out in Los Angeles, and he was like, yo, that was you? He goes, that was 100% correct. That just wasn't my story to tell. Um, I told you last summer that D'Angelo Russell was going to uh, join the Minnesota Timberwolves, and I had to sit and shit for a little bit because he was in a signing trade for KD going to Brooklyn, and then mm. the trading deadline, he joined the Timberwolves. Um, so, you know, one thing about you know minus the KD story, which got me national attention, and I and I you know you you he said that you only have to be right once. Um, Facts. What I will tell you is um, I told you about Space Jam two and LeBron going to Lakers. There's a lot of things, but I think at first people don't take you seriously. Um, and I think it's that's for a myriad of reasons, and I'll be very transparent with you. One. Because they don't see an ESPN next to my name or a Bleach Report, they think, well, who is this guy? Who does he think he is? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the other part of it is I'm a black male. And I think that oftentimes when you are who you say you are, people question it. And I think that over time, um, 
you know, you, you just gotta put your head down and just and just continue to to to, to flourish and. You know, that's that's what I'm doing. But I also think when you don't have to prove yourself, that pisses people off, too. hundred percent. And one last thing, Randy, I was going to ask. Uh, mm -hmm. The information you received, right, for the uh, Kevin Garnett going to L.A. Durant. 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 Kevin yeah. Durant going to, going to the Los Angeles Lakers, right? Mm -hmm. Did you um, – you got it from a source. So at this point, that source that gives you this information, do you continue to use said source because they were completely wrong and gave you information? Or do you tell said source, listen, bruh, bruh, you are off. So I can't mess with you no more. No, because they're the same person who told me about Paul George's rotator cuff. Damn it! <laughs> well, maybe you can't be right all the time, but if you're True. Gonna, you know, so I, I, I get what you're saying, but if you have a source, and you're you're going out there on a limb and putting you know something that's exclusive that only you're supposed to know, but you want to, you know, break you know do a Woj bomb, scoop bomb, score scoop bomb now. Mm. Uh, you know, it's interesting that you know you have these these um these people that you trust and they built a relationship with you, but the information may be so so. Yeah, I think it's a vetting out process. So I you know like sources come from a myriad of places. You you know you go to parties that are industry parties and you you kind of. You meet people and there's numbers. They're from, excuse me, they're familiar with you. You're familiar with them. And then there's, you know, there's a trial basis where, you know, they, they tell you things and you're like, oh, okay. And then you see it on TV like, whoa. He's being serious. Yeah, <laughs> you like, like for example, this over time you just you just know. So I, I give you a perfect example that's like while well, I'm not speaking in code. So. Um, Nate Robinson is supposed to be fighting on the undercard of the Mike Tyson fight. Um, November 28th, it was originally supposed to be in September, well, September 12th. Mm. And um, I got a call. Um, it wasn't from Nate, I'll be honest with you. It wasn't from Nate. I, I do know Nate. Um, but the person who called me said, yo, I got some information that would actually benefit you. And this was during the time when Walsh was actually suspended. They were going to actually shop this around the Walsh, but he couldn't tweet, which I thought was interesting. You can't tweet, but you also can't write. Like it's one, it's 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 a package deal. Right. So people will call Walsh's or Shams or other people to 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 tweet or break news. Um, and during that time, um, it was it was brought to my table or to my to, to my attention that. Uh, Nate Robinson was going to be boxing. So when the person called him, like, what? I was like, how do you know? They said, because he's going to be on the undercard of a Mike Tyson, Roy Jones Jr. fight. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> so like, if I'm not mistaken, this was, I don't remember dates specifically, but but I remember time frame. So right. it's going to be on, it's supposed to be streamed through Triller. And, um, Dog was is supposed to be performing as is um, somebody else. I can't think of who it is, but basically, they didn't want to break it before Snoop did the verses. So I think that was like a Wednesday or a Thursday. I can't remember. They wanted to break it on a Friday, but I think by they wanted to give Snoop his day, and then the next two days let that marinate, so Mike Tyson could have his own new cycle. Um, but when they told me that the Mike Tyson was going to be fighting again. I was like, you're lying. He was like, 
B, I'm not lying to you. I said, well, how do you know? Because yep. Nate had to sign a contract. Sometimes those things just make sense. So you're vetting, you're trying to figure out how, why, and all that other stuff. And the funny thing is, I knew, but I had to be quiet about Like People began tweeting about it the day after the verses. And I'm like, yo, what's going on? So <laughs> I ended up writing the story, and then Shams tweeted it, I tweeted it, I wrote the article. There's like so much stuff that happens behind the scenes that just over time when you're right, when people see you, the light is on you, it mm -hmm. just kind of just, you know, That's so, so then like real quick, when you, when you have, when you hear something like that, right? Obviously you can't just put it out there ever hearing one person tell you. So at, for a reporter standpoint, how many people do you need to, to give you the same information before you say, you know what? This might be legit. Two Good people, question. three, four, five people before you feel comfortable enough to put it out there. Good question, Randy. Well, sometimes sources are players. Well, sometimes players tell you things. Sometimes. Do you get smoke screens, though? Sometimes you get smoke screens. Yeah, though. they have an agenda, too. That's 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 the thing. So, like, yeah. for example, um, I'm a brand ambassador for Zenny Optical. Um, which is the official sponsor of the Chicago Bulls. And I wear their glasses. And there you go. Famous blood. So, like, um, there was a whole thing about the Bulls and coaching um, mm -hmm. related to MG Boylan and all those other things. Um, right. I'll just say, I'm speaking in code on this one. I will just say that. Um, there were reports about Zach Levine as it related to Knicks, Nets, potential. Yeah, I saw that. I'm still dissecting that. I've still had conversations with people about it. But one of the one on one side of the coin, I say to myself, was that a smokescreen because they really wanted Boylan out of there and the Bulls want Levine to stay? Or is that a Thibodeau? Uh, Leon Rose thing, like is that something legit? So, mm -hmm. like, so, so Ian Bailey reported. That's my dude. I'm not questioning his reporting. It's like he he may not publicly question mine. That's the goat right there, Ian Bailey. But, but what I'll say is, um, soon thereafter, the Bulls did eventually fire Jim Boylan, who I actually have respect for. I mm -hmm. know, and um, I like his old school philosophy. It just wasn't clicking with players. So. When you talk about smoke screens, those do exist. Um, I'm seeing one now with Carl Anthony Towns as it relates to uh, the Timberwolves. Um, here's, here's, here's a hypothetical, as I'm still piecing stuff together. Is it a hypothetical that Zach Levine wants to go to the Knicks or, or, the, or the Nets, more so the Knicks, and that if the Timberwolves don't do what they need to do, Towns, who was a Piscataway, New Jersey native, would maybe want to find his way to the New York Knicks? Or does Town stay in Minnesota? The Timberwolves use that first pick to try to ship it to Phoenix in some way. Devin Booker. Or, what'd you say? Devin Booker. Or Devin Booker. So, like, there's so many layers and layers. I'm not I'm not saying either way. I'm just saying as you're processing things, that's what you're, you're wanting. So, like, smoke screens do exist. But the NBA is such a small, close-knit community. You ask enough people, four, five, six people, mm -hmm. 
you, you put things into perspective. So um, we'll talk about Minnesota, New York, Chicago. That's a lot of uh, whoa. Yep. But I think I answered your question. Well, as, as a as a Knicks fan, uh, selfishly, I would want Zach Levine. I would want Carl Towns. I would want Devin Booker. You know, if I can get Chris Paul and Greek Freak, I, I want them all. Brand, I want man. them all in New York. Come on, Scoop. Come on, man. About, about, so, like I said, he's he's been a Nets fan since KD signed with them last year. Ain't played no games. All love to Kevin Durant. I I wanted Kevin Durant here. I wanted Kyrie here. I think I think they should stop asking Durant about the Knicks. It's, 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 it's over with. And I'll be very transparent with you. <laughs> I he won't believe you. He won't believe you. I, I do, I do believe. I, 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 I if I'm telling you, you know I'm not capping. I, I, I believe you. I, <laughs> I, I, me wanting Kyrie here to more like yo, I think it, it could be realistic. I, I never felt the vibe that Kyrie would come to New York. Kyrie, come to New York to Brooklyn. Yeah, you have to specify. What I, what I'll tell you about that is, um, I, while I told you about the story about um, uh, Kevin Durant and the whole Lakers thing, I later found out. About two weeks prior to my report about Kevin Durant, I said this on another show the other day. Um, two weeks prior to that, um, KD and Kyrie actually went on vacation together. So we're talking 2018. Banana mm-hmm. boat. And uh, that was the next word discussed mm-hmm. at length. And, um, you know, Kyrie did consider um, in December of 2018 resigning with Boston. Um, but then he changed his mind. Um, the Nets was something that was heavily considered by February, January, February of 2019. Um, and, you know, KD, from what I know, uh, was on the fence about, like, the Knicks was something he was considering. But KD, so free agency last year started, like, that Sunday. I think they did it, like, a day earlier. It was, like, June 30th. Mm-hmm. From what I'm told, KD made that decision about the Nets that Thursday. I got a call. He made a decision that Thursday. Sunday was more of a you know an exercise in futility in that regard. Kyrie did consider coming back to Boston. He ended up changing his mind. Right. And, you know, I tell people all the time with the whole Boston thing when he had that 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 uh, that Q and A with season ticket holders in Boston, and he was like, "I I, I will um, I'll return if you'll have me." And I tell people all the time. Um, that wouldn't hold up in a New York state, uh, state small claims court or New York City small claims court. So uh, it, it, these guys, are, these are not depositions. These are not indictments. Guys do have the right to change their minds. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, KD and Kyrie, I, I'll tell you, I knew it was a package deal. Um, I actually spent some time with the two of them uh, at a Jordan party in Charlotte during All-Star Weekend. And uh People are like Tory. Uh, I was about to say Tory Lanez. No, he didn't. What's the guy that has the um, the the, uh, the McDonald's sandwich at um, Travis Scott? Travis Scott. Travis Scott. That's when I was at a Jordan party. Everybody and their mama was there. Bill King was there. Fabulous was there. Kyle was there. Blake Griffin, Mark Cuban. Like it was a who's who. And I, I had the honor. I was invited to the Jordan party. I don't care if you were Obama. If you didn't have a ticket, you weren't getting in. And I was standing there with KD and Kyrie, and they were like inseparable that whole night. And we were talking about politics. We were talking about, um, you know, moves at the time we were making. And, you know, I pulled KD to the side and I said, I don't know if you, like, he, he and I have, have had conversations over the years. I said, I pulled him to the side. I said, yo, I don't know if you've um, 
if you're at, really, really familiar with me, but um, I, I dropped a story about you. Um, this is very, and this is September when I, when I dropped a story about you, you know, potentially joining a specific team. Are you aware of it? He goes, nah, I don't pay attention to, to, to the news like that. I said, KD, I'm going to ask you again. <laughs> I said, and you asked him, I said, yo, I said, um, I uh, dropped a story about you concerning you picking a specific team. I said, I'm not going to press you about that because that's not what we're here for right now. I said, however, whatever you decide to do, I wish you well. And he looked at me, he smiled, and he goes, you're welcome. <laughs> so that moment, as far as even though I had it wrong, it, mm -hmm. to be honest with you, uh, it opened a lot of doors. But at that moment when I was at that party, I said, to, I left that party saying to myself, um, whatever the one decides to do, the other is going to follow. And um, then you saw during All-Star Weekend that um, there was that video where KD and Kyrie were like, two, two contracts? And I said, that was a smoke screen to the Nets and the Knicks. And that's when all that Nets Knicks stuff was fueled. Mm -hmm. But I, I know that that whole weekend, you know, those guys were were inseparable. You know, they they they. I don't want to put all that business out there, but I'll just say that I know that um that All Star Weekend and that vacation that they took in 2018, you know, was that banana boat um, fruition. Right. They both need to get uh, a checks from actually fine from the NBA. For for player tampering, right? Player tampering, <laughs> banana boat player tampering. <laughs> you say again, say again, school. I was not player tampering if neither one of them were Nets uh, teammates. Mm. See, it's a different conversation for a different day. You know, I would say what I would say is, you know, if we're not both on the same team, so Kyrie's on Boston and Kevin's on what the uh, the Golden State Warriors, right? At the time, you're colluding to come together as one. Same way that Banana Boat came together as one at the uh, at the um, USA Games, they came together as one. So I'm just like, I know you, these players. Yeah. Are you telling me that they were depending on Russia to win the election? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. What I'm you is, um, oh man, it's funny you bring that up because I actually my show I have a digital show uh, weekly with Heavy.com called Heavy Lives with Scoop B. And we had uh, Michael Red on uh, a couple weeks ago. And he was on the 2008 uh, Redeem team. And so we actually talked about Buddy Ball. And he told me that, you know, at the point of where he was in 2008, he figured the OGs on that team were like Jason Kidd, Michael Red, um, Kobe. Kobe. Mm -hmm. um, and, mm -hmm. you know, the younger guys were like Darren Williams, Dwight Howard, LeBron. Anthony, Anthony Davis was on that team, too, if I'm not mistaken. The rookie. Mm, was he a college student at that point, or was he? I may have to correct myself. I oh, wait. College, oh. yeah. Yeah, it was still, yeah. but he was still, I remember seeing Kobe, LeBron, D-Wade, Jason. Yeah, but he wasn't, you know, no, no, no playing time. But what right. happened exactly? So, so basically, it was like, you know, Kobe wasn't really a fan of it at the point where it was like a lot of, he and Kobe didn't really want to work out with your opponents to see your moves. He said, but when you look at, it's in the game podcast here on the it's in the game podcast here on the ball is life podcast network 
are joined by my guy, I am Danny Blanco, Brandon Scooby Robinson. You can find the podcast on Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and the Cruise Control Podcast Network on YouTube. You can follow me at Randy J. Cruz, R-E-N-D-Y, letter J-C-R-U-Z on both Instagram and Twitter. You can follow School B on both IG and at Scoop B. And Denny Blanco, I am Denny Blanco on both Twitter and Instagram. Denny Blanco, my man, how you doing? You know the vibes, your mama's favorite. Denny Blanco in the building. <laughs> We're here to talk about basketball. School B's in, in here with us. We're going we go, we go, to Friday, baby. It's a Friday. School B, my man, how you doing? It's Friday. I'm chilling. God is good all the time. All the time, God is good. I'm glad to be with you, Randy and, uh, and, and Blanco. You told me that Blanco sent me, so I'm here. <laughs> That's right, man. Welcome. Um, definitely appreciate you coming on. I know you're a very busy guy in the, in the, in the crowd that you uh, have perfected in the last couple of years. Before we get into what's going on with the playoffs, I want to get a little story background about, about you and what you do and how long you've been doing it for. So you're a guy that, you know, I've been following on Twitter for quite some time. I actually met in person a few times um, at the garden, at the beach. And, you know, just, just, just seeing the work that you've been able to do in, in this crowded space of people who want to report on sports and break news and stuff like that, I know it's very difficult. Um but in, in the lines of like the Wolves and the Shams and you know Stephen A. Smith of the world, it's very tough to be in that spot where you might have a breaking story, you might have some 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 tidbits, and people may not want to be quick to to respect that because you're not probably as known or whatever. So one, how'd you how'd you get in this space? Do you enjoy this space? And just kind of like how you've been able to, to, you know, tackle that so far? Well, the good thing about uh, what I do, and I think this is just a lesson for a lot of young people, is um, you, you got to be like a horse racer. You, you have to, I know it's cliche, you have to have, you, you have to be a racing horse, rather. You, you have to have the blinders on um, because there's a lot of people who want to do what you do. And the minute you start making decisions for you and yours, um, you, you, you begin to kind of upset people. So um, I, I, I don't do it for the acknowledgement. I actually love what I do. Um, my, my journey began um, before I started as a young kid. Uh, at 12 years old, I had a radio show with the Nets on, on AM radio. Um, nice. Nets Slamming Planet. And this was during the era when John Calipari was head coach uh, and vice president of basketball operations with the Nets. Uh, I auditioned uh, to, to get the show. I was actually hired by Lou Lamorello, who's now the GM over with, um, who's the GM of the year with the New York Islanders. Um, and he took up to me. Um, so that was executive produced by Amy Shear, as well as uh, Chris Carino. Um, before that foundation, um, I, I really, you know, I get wrestling and you perspective and forward and back. And my journey with basketball at large began in two spots. It began in Harlem. And um, my, um, my uncle was a commissioner of CY. And yeah, so like he had a big new uncle, the Rawls is his name. And so like they Marbury, King Smith, Mark Jackson, so that connection. Well, I fell in love with it and during that my steps from that Chicago um, and introduced me to named Michael Jordan. And um, mm. that combination there plus you know, I think we had a sneaker store on Fish Street, uh, called, called the Athlete's Foot. 
And so I used to this hit one and and I dread and I said it. But I'm woken at the store, either or. So, you know, I, I wasn't asking celebrities. I think that's only part of it. I think it's relationships. I listen apart personally from a lot of other people. You know, everybody from the industry, I know I'm a new level and they carry it as a professional. So, right. um, I was made for, you know, your, your, your purpose in life. Um, you, you just follow up in, in that regard. And, you know, that that's what I've been able to do. Thank you. Correct. Right. Yeah, man, it's it's dope, Scoopy. It's dope, you, um, you know, the, the avenue that you've taken to, um, you know, to, to be where you are. It's and, and preparation, I would imagine, correct? And I was like, when, when uh, Randy texted me, like, oh, I'm going to send you the link at one day. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know this movie, right? Oh, yeah. Tory Lane's thing is really interesting. I was texting JR's brother last night. And I wrote about four five, so I'm going to see the writer at heavy.com. So, like, I, I had written about four or five different versions of that story um, about Tory Lane. Like, I woke up and I kept, was scared. I, I set myself, like, all right, I know how to get ready. I gave my word. I gave her. And then when my own one, I was like, damn, I got to get it. That'll be sometimes. That's how it be sometimes. Man. All the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All the time. I do, man. And, and be able to, to, be, to prosper during a pandemic or what in the house. What? I mean, it, it's a, it, many people don't have that, that, Blessing that luxury, so I genuinely don't take that for granted. I'm, I'm thankful every day I wake up and I get my soul to do. So, like, so when to where you at now? How much? How much you feel like you did the the growth uh, of you as a writer, as a professional, as a person? And then where where are some areas you you still feel like I gotta I gotta get this because no one's gonna give you anything. You know, I think I work with you know, you know what. If I can master this going forward, I could be at the top echelon when it comes to these kind of people. I think, honestly, um, the the biggest growth portion for me has been just improving as a writer. Um, I, I have to be honest with you. Um, when I graduated college in 2011, nobody was out of my door. And that's what the experience I had. I was living in my grandmother's basement, the basement apartment. It was like, you had no I had a kid. I had a kid. Like, I didn't have a stove, I didn't have an oven, I didn't ha I cooked with hot plates, crock pot, George Foreman grill, and a microwave. <laughs> that's talent, that's talent right there. Absolutely. Yeah, that's talent. So, like, like, I remember, like, the, the refrigerator that was down there, you know, you had the double door, like, free freezer? Mm -hmm. So, like, the, the one side that was the refrigerator, it didn't work. The only thing I had on that side was batteries. In the, in the in the in the crisper for the vegetables, put the batteries in there. <laughs> that, is so, that is so black. And, <laughs> and then on the freezer side, the freezer side worked as the refrigerator. So like I would put all my I couldn't I couldn't really get like Tostino pizza rolls or like like you know like those waffles. So like I use the refrigerator. So like during those times, I was I was living downstairs in my grandmother's basement. I was I was um. I was collecting food stamps. I was I, I was often on on unemployment and was an adjunct professor often on in a couple of different colleges. So like mm. during that time, I was kind of like building my fan base by like telling the kids what I do. And I was still writing and freelancing at different places like Slam, Ebony Magazine, Jet Magazine. At one point, I freelanced at about eleven different publications. Um, and what happened was for me, you know, it came a point where. Like, 
I had developed a relationship with Jabril Peppers, who now plays for the Giants when he was in when he was in high school. Like he would be in homeroom and I would be texting him, yo, what do you think about this, that, and the third? And he would give me a quote and I would write about it. And then like Kyrie Irving, I went to his basketball camp in 2013 when he was still a cat before the LeBron years and then won a championship. And so like those two, you know, experiences kind of just um, open doors, you know, relationship wise. I think for me, relationships have always been, you know, my calling card, if you will. And, and I've just, I've just um, you know, utilized them. So the growth has been just um, growing as a man uh, financially, uh, spiritually, um, emotionally. And, you know, I, I feel like I've put in a lot of work um, that some of my other counterparts maybe would not have entered that territory and, and I, I legitimately rolled up my sleeves and did what I had to do. Um, I've worked for free at different places over the years, the Source Magazine, uh, Respect Magazine. Some of my big breaks came when, you know, I was at CBS Radio and you know, I had a podcast that did well and would go viral for, for silly stuff that people would say. I think that's when I learned the word viral. Like, Samaki so Walker told me a story about how Kobe Bryant sucker punched him, you know, over a hundred dollars uh, while he was sleeping on the Lakers team bus. <laughs> and I'm like, yo, this is crazy. Like, <laughs> that's cold. That's cold. That's cold for you. Yeah. Like over time, just learning keywords, headlines, how to tweet differently than the article headline that you write. Uh, buddy of mine named Ashish Mathur at the Clutch Points put me on the game with that. Relationships, man. I, I, I don't. I think. I'm, I'm, I use this analogy often, like LeBron James in 2020 should be competing with LeBron James in 2012 and 2013 and LeBron James in 2016. Comparatively, I'm, you should be a better version of yourself. And, I, and I'm just still growing. I haven't arrived. You know, you've mentioned names like Woe, Sean, Stephen A. Smith. I know all those guys. I, I respect them. Um, and I don't necessarily think I'm trying to be where they are. I'm trying to be the first Brandon Robinson. But I, I respect those those right. mentioned. Right. Denny? Scoop B. No, yeah, we, we're going to, it's not going to be the Woes Bomb anymore. It's going to be the, <laughs> yeah, I mean, no more Woes Bomb. It's going to be the Scoop B brings you the business bomb. Yeah. What, <laughs> speaking of scoops, what do you think is the biggest scoop that landed in your lap or that you had to actually uh, go out and, and get, you know, get the information and you were the only one that were, was privy to this information? Mm-hmm. I think over the last couple of years, so like um, I have developed relationships and one day I just woke up and I said, you know what, you know all these people, you can call them, you can text them, you can you know, eat them, you know, general managers, you know, the whole gamut. But like I said to myself, um, you're holding that information. Like how do you, how do you disseminate that information? So um I'll be very transparent with you. One of the biggest scoops that I actually got wrong um, actually helped my career. Hmm. Um, I had Kevin Durant um, joining the Los Angeles Lakers. And I see that September 17th, 2018. And I'll never forget it because that's my sister's birthday. Hmm. What ended up happening was that tweet about Kevin Durant, you know, was mentioned all over the news. You know, it was on ESPN. It was in blogs. I don't regret it for this reason. Um, I told you Kyrie was going to the Brooklyn Nets since last January, February. Um, I told you that J.R. Smith, I told you that J.R. Smith was uh, getting a workout with the Lakers. I told you that Paul George had a little bit of cuff injury in April, and he they didn't announce it until July. 
I ran into Paul George at a party uh, in September out in Los Angeles, and he was like, yo, that was you? He goes, that was 100% correct. That just wasn't my story to tell. Um, I told you last summer that D'Angelo Russell was going to uh, join the Minnesota Timberwolves, and I had to sit and shit for a little bit because he was in a signing trade for KD going to Brooklyn, and then trading deadline, he joined the Timberwolves. Um, So, you know, the one thing about, you know, minus the KD story, which got me national attention, and I, I, you know, you you, said this, you only have to be right once. Um, Facts. What I'll tell you is um, I told you about Space Jam 2 and the blind going to Lakers. There's a lot of things, but I think at first people don't take you seriously. Um, and I think it's that's for a myriad of reasons, and I'll be very transparent with you. One, because they don't see an ESPN next to my name or a Bleach Report. They think, well, who is this guy? Who does he think he is? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the other part of it is I'm a black male, and I think that oftentimes when you are – who you say you are, people question it. And I think that over time, um, you know, you just gotta put your head down and just and just continue to to to, to flourish. And you know, that's that's what I'm doing. But I also think when you don't have to prove yourself, that pisses people off too. hundred percent. And one and one last thing, Randy, I was gonna ask, uh mm-hmm. the information you received, right, for the uh Kevin Garnett going to LA. Durant, 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 Kevin Durant yeah. going to going to the Los Angeles Lakers, right? Mm-hmm. Did you um you got it from a source? So at this point, that source that gives you this information, do you continue to use said source because they were completely wrong and gave you information, or do you tell said source, listen, bruh, bruh, you are off, so I can't mess with you no more. No, because they're the same person who told me about Paul George's rotator cuff. Damn it. <laughs> well, I mean, we, we can't be right all the time, but if you're true, gonna, you know. So I, I I get what you're saying, but if you have a source and you're you're going out there on a limb and putting you know something that's exclusive that only you're supposed to know, but you want to, you know, break you know do a Woj bomb, scoop bomb, score scoop bomb now. Mm. Uh, you know, it's interesting that you know you have these these um these people that you trust and they built a relationship with you. But the information may be so-so. Yeah, I think it's a vetting out process. So I, you know, like sources come from a myriad of places. You, you know, you go to parties that are industry parties, and you, you kind of you meet people and there's numbers. They're from, excuse me, they're familiar with you. You're familiar with them, and then there's, you know, there's a trial basis where, you know, they, they tell you things, and you're like, ah, oh, okay, and then you see it on TV, like, whoa. He's being serious. <laughs> yeah, you like, like for example, this over time you just you just know. So I, I'll give you a perfect example. That's like and while I'm not speaking in code. So um, Nate Robinson is supposed to be fighting on the undercard of the Mike Tyson fight, um, November 28th. It was originally supposed to be in September, well, September 12th, mm. and. Um, I got a call. Um, it wasn't from Nate, I'll be honest with you. It wasn't from Nate. I, I do know Nate. Um, but the, the person who called me said, yo, I got some information that would actually benefit you. And this was during the time when, when Wolves was actually suspended. They were going to actually shop this around the Wolves, but he couldn't tweet, which I thought was interesting. You can't tweet, but you also can't write. Like, it's one, it's, it's, it's a package deal. Right. 
So people will call Wolges or Shams or other people to 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 tweet or break news. Um, and during that time, um, it was it was brought to my table or to my to, to my attention that uh, Nate Robinson was going to be boxing. So when the person called him, like what? I was like, how do you know? They said because he's going to be on the undercard of a Mike Tyson Roy Jones Jr. fight. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> so like if I'm not mistaken, this was the, I don't remember dates specifically, but but I remember time frame. So right. it's gonna be on it's supposed to be streamed through Triller. And um Dog was is supposed to be performing as is um somebody else. I can't think of who it is, but basically they didn't want to break it before Snoop. The verses. So I think that was like a Wednesday or a Thursday. I can't remember. They wanted to bring it on a Friday, but I think by they wanted to give Snoop his day and then the next two days let that marinate so Mike Tyson could have his own new cycle. Um, but when they told me that the, Mike Tyson was going to be fighting again, I was like, you're lying. He was like, B, I'm not lying to you. I said, well, how do you know? Yep. Because Nate had to sign a contract. Sometimes those things just make sense. So you're vetting, you're trying to figure out how, why, and all that other stuff. And the funny thing is, I knew, but I had to be quiet about Like, people began tweeting about it the day after the verses. And I'm like, yo, what's going on? So <laughs> I ended up writing the story, and then Shams tweeted it, I tweeted it, I wrote the article. There's, like, so much stuff that happens behind the scenes that just over time, when you're right, when people see you, the light is on you. It's mm -hmm. just, just so, so then, like, real quick, when you when you have when you hear something like that, right? Obviously, you can't just put it out there ever hearing one person tell you. So, at, for a reporter standpoint, how many people do you need to give you the same information before you say, you know what, this might be legit? Two Good people, question. three, four, five people before you feel comfortable enough to put it out there. Good question, Randy. Well, sometimes sources are players. Well, true. Some players tell you things. Sometimes. Do you get smoke screens, though? Sometimes you get smoke screens. Yeah. Though. They have an agenda, too. That's that's, that's a thing. So, like, yeah. for example, um, I'm a brand ambassador for Zenny Optical, um, which is the official sponsor of the Chicago Bulls. And I wear the glasses. And there you go. Famous blood. So, like, um, there was a whole thing about the Bulls and coaching um, mm -hmm. related to MJ Boylan and all those other things. Um, right. I'll just say, I'm speaking in code on this one. I will just say that um, there were reports about Zach Levine as it related to Knicks, Nets, potential. Yeah, I saw that. I'm still dissecting that. I've still had conversations with people about it. But one of the one on one side of the coin, I say to myself, was that a smokescreen because they really wanted Boylan out of there and the Bulls want Levine to stay? Or is that a Thibodeau uh Leon Rose thing? Like is that something legit? So mm -hmm. like so so Ian Bagley reported, that's my dude. I'm not questioning his reporting. It's like he, he may not publicly question mine. That's the GOAT right there, Ian Begley. But, but what I'll say is um, 
soon thereafter, the Bulls did eventually fire Jim Boylan, who I actually have respect for. Mm-hmm. I know, and um, I like his old school philosophy. It just wasn't clicking with players. So when you talk about smoke screens, those do exist. Um, I'm seeing one now with Carl Anthony Towns as it relates to uh, the Timberwolves. Um, here's, here's, here's a hypothetical as I'm still piecing stuff together. Is it a hypothetical that Zach Levine wants to go to the Knicks or or the or the Nets more so the Knicks, and that if the Timberwolves don't do what they need to do, Towns, who is a Piscataway, New Jersey native, would maybe want to find his way to the New York Knicks, or does Towns stay in Minnesota? The Timberwolves use that first pick to try to ship it to Phoenix in some way. Death Booker or what you say? Devin Booker. Or Devin Booker. So like there's so many layers and layers. I'm not I'm not saying either way. I'm just saying as you're processing things, that's what you're you're wondering. So like smoke screens do exist, but the NBA is such a small, close-knit community. You ask enough people, four, five, six people, mm-hmm. you, you put things into perspective. So um We'll talk about Minnesota, New York, Chicago. That's a lot of uh, yeah. But I think I answered your question. Well, as, as a as a Knicks fan, uh, selfishly, I would want Zach Levine. I would want Carl Towns. I would want Devin Booker. You know, if I can get Chris Paul and Greek Freak, I, I want them all. Grant, Die, I want man. them all in New York. Come on, Scoop. Come on, time, time man. I, about, so, like I said, he's, he's been a Nets net fan since KD signed with them last year. Ain't played no games. All love to Kevin Durant. I, I wanted Kevin Durant here. I wanted Kyrie here. I think, I think they should stop asking Durant about the Knicks. It's I mean, over, it's over it's happen, I'll be very transparent with you. I, <laughs> he won't believe you. He won't believe you. I, I do, I do believe. I, I, I believe. If I'm telling you, you know I'm not capping. I, I, I believe you. I, <laughs> I, I, me wanting Kyrie here to more like yo, I think it, it could be realistic. I, I never felt the vibe that Kyrie would come to New York. Kyrie, he'll come to New York to Brooklyn. Yeah, you have to specify. What I, what I'll tell you about that is, um, I, while I told you about the story about um, uh, Kevin Durant and the whole Lakers thing, I later found out about two weeks prior to my report about Kevin Durant, and I said this on another show the other day, um, two weeks prior to that, um, KD and Kyrie actually went on vacation together. So we're talking 2018. Banana boat. And uh, that was the next word discussed mm-hmm. at length. And, um, you know, Kyrie did consider um, in December of 2018 resigning with Boston. Um but then he changed his mind. Um, the Nets was something that was heavily considered by February, January, February of 2019. Um, and, you know, KD, from what I know, uh, was on the fence about, like, the Knicks was something he was considering. But KD, so free agency last year started, like, that Sunday. I think they did it, like, a day earlier. It was, like, June 30th. Mm-hmm. From what I'm told, KD made that decision about the Nets that Thursday. I got a call. He made a decision that Thursday. Sunday was more of a you know an exercise in futility in that regard. Kyrie did consider coming back to Boston. He ended up changing his mind. Right. And, you know, I tell people all the time with the whole Boston thing when he had that 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 uh 
that Q&A with season ticket holders in Boston. And he was like, I, I'll, I will, um, I'll return if you'll have me. And I tell people all the time, um, that wouldn't hold up in a New York state, uh, state small claims court or New York city small claims court. So, uh, it, it, these guys, are, these are not depositions. These are not indictments. Guys do have the right to change their minds. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, KD and Kyrie, I, I'll tell you, I knew it was a package deal. Um, I actually spent some time with the two of them uh, at a Jordan party in Charlotte during All-Star Weekend. And uh, we were like, Tory, uh, I was about to say Tory Lanez. No, he didn't. What's the guy that has the um, the the, uh, the McDonald's sandwich at? Um, Travis Scott. Travis Scott. Travis Scott, that's when I was at a Jordan party. Everybody and their mama was there. Bill King was there. Fabulous was there. Dick was there. Blake Griffin, Mark Cuban. Like, it was a who's who. And I, I had the honor. I was invited to the Jordan party. I don't care if you were Obama. If you didn't have a ticket, you weren't getting in. And I was standing there with KD and Kyrie, and they were, like, inseparable that whole night. And we were talking about politics. We were talking about, um, you know, moves at the time we were making. And, you know, I pulled KD to the side, and I said, I don't know if you – like he, he and I have, have had conversation over the years. I said I pulled up to the side. I said, "Yo, I don't know if you've um if you're at, really really familiar with me, but um, I, I dropped a story about you. Um, this is very very and this is September when I, when I dropped the story about you. You know, potentially joining a specific team. Are you aware of it?" He goes, "Nah, I don't pay attention to to, to the news like that." I said, "KD, I'm gonna ask you again." <laughs> I said, "I said." And you asked him, I said, Joe, I said, um, I uh, dropped a story about you concerning you picking a specific team. I said, I'm not going to press you about that because that's not what we're here for right now. I said, however, whatever you decide to do, I wish you well. And he looked at me, he smiled, and he goes, you're welcome. (laughs) So that moment, as far as even though I had it wrong, it Mm -hmm. Be honest with you, uh, it opened a lot of doors. But at that moment, when I was at that party, I said to, I left that party saying to myself, um, "Whatever the one decides to do, the other is going to follow." And um, then you saw during All Star Weekend that um, there was that video where KD and Kyrie were like two two contracts, and I said that was a smoke screen to the Nets and the Knicks, and that's when all that Nets Knicks stuff was fueled. Mm-hmm. But I, I know that that whole weekend, you know, those guys were, were inseparable. You know, they, 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 I don't want to put all their business out there, but I'll just say that I know that um, that All-Star weekend and that vacation that they took in 2018, you know, was that banana boat um, fruition. Right. They both need to get uh, a checks from – actually, fine from the NBA – for for player tampering, right? Player tampering, <laughs> banana boat player tampering. <laughs> you say again, say again, school. I was not player tampering. It's not the one of them were Nets uh, teammates. Mm. See, it's a different conversation for a different day. You know, I would say what I would say is, you know, if we're not both on the same team, so Kyrie's on Boston and Kevin's on what the uh, the Golden State Warriors, right? At the time you're colluding to come together as one. Same way that banana boat came together as one at the uh, at the um, USA games, they came together as one. So I'm just like, I you know you, these players. Yeah, are you telling me that they were depending on Russia to win the election? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> was, um, oh man! It's funny you bring that up because I actually my show I have a digital show uh, weekly with Heavy.com called Heavy Lives with Scoop B. 
And we had uh, Michael Red on uh, a couple of weeks ago, and he was on the 2008 uh, Redeem team. And so we actually talked about Buddy Ball. And he told me that, you know, at the point of where he was in 2008, we figured our OGs on that team were like Jason Kidd, Michael Red, um, Colby. Colby. Um, and, mm-hmm. you know, the younger guys were like Darren Williams, Dwight Howard, LeBron. Anthony, Anthony Davis was on that team, too, if I'm not mistaken, the rookie. Mm, was he a college student at that point, or was he? I may have to correct myself. Oh wait, college, oh. yeah, yeah. It was still, yeah. but he was still. I remember seeing him on that team though, with Kobe, uh-huh. LeBron, D Wade, Jason. Yeah, but he wasn't. You know, no, no, no playing time. But what right. happened exactly? So, so basically, we talked about Buddy Ball, and he was like, you know, Kobe wasn't really a fan of it at the point where it was like a lot of he and Kobe didn't really want to work out with other people, and you know, who wants you to? Who, why do you want your opponents to see your moves? He said, but when you look at uh, LeBron, Wade, Bosch, they were like inseparable. They were like friggin' frat. We're buddies. That was kind of the beginning of just everybody's friends. You know, going with the word magic era of we hate each other, going with the eras of, you know, the Isaiahs, the Michaels. It's just a different, it's a different era. And I think that um, KD, Kyrie situation is just so, it's a mystery because many people aren't in um, versus LeBron. You know, like you look at Wade Bosch, LeBron, like one of the things I have to give credit to Stephen A. Smith for was if you remember, um, Chris Broussard gets credit for breaking the LeBron to Miami, um, you know, because Stephen A. Smith's contract ran out at, at but Stephen A. Smith was writing from his website and Wade was feeding Stephen A. Smith information. Um, so, you know, and during that time when, you know, they weren't, they didn't renew his contract, he ended up, you know, just doing stuff on The View and Fox News and raised his profile and then came along Skip Bayless and then, you know, ESPN renewed his contract. You know, I, I give credit where credit's due, but like um, the power of the media, the power of people developing relationships for as much hate as he gets, he still got the scoops on what was going on in free agency. And, you know, it, mm-hmm. it, that that's, that's, the power of good reporting and, and, and picking your spots. Yeah, can you believe before we, uh, we, we move on that that was 10 years ago already? The whole Miami, LeBron, I'm taking my talent to South Beach. At this point right now, 10 years ago, they're in like training camp. LeBron, D. Witt, and Bosch. The Heatles. The Heatles, yeah, man. Um, Did you know that Donovan Mitchell was one of the kids from the Boys and Girls Club that was sitting in the room? When LeBron made his decision, <laughs> no, <laughs> really, I, I, I heard he about did. that. I heard about that. Yeah, I heard wow. about that. Wow, wow. Small, yeah, small rooms. Yes. So, where we at now, Scoop? With um, players like a Chris Paul, like a Giannis. I, I mean, the next year or so is going to be where's Giannis going to go? Is he going to stay? Um, should he go somewhere else? And he, he, uh, he, you got Draymond Green live on TNT saying, well, I think Giannis should be for a play for a different team, play for a winner, and Devin Booker should play for a winner. So to, to, to Denny's point, that's a tampering right there, like telling the world. And he's fine. Yeah. Yeah, he got fine too. Um, so Devin Booker, will he stay in Phoenix? I know a lot of teams want him. 
uh, draft coming up. So they might dangle a couple of draft picks to try to get them. Um, Chris Paul, Giannis, anybody else I'm missing that could be like in that in that Anthony realm? Of Davis. And Davis. So he's an unrestricted free agent at the end of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, I was at I was in Chicago with AD when he uh, was when he did a function with. Um, his Visions High School. Um, basically, he was asked uh, in a Nike function, it, it was a QA, and uh, and he was asked if, you know, he would resign with the Lakers. And he goes, oh, would you ever consider coming back home to Chicago? He's from the South Side. And he uh, said, well, you know, uh, I am an unrestricted free agent in 2020. And so that was a reported stream to tweet that out and get hits, but then on top of it, um, I think I don't have an answer to, to the AD thing. I think the AD thing is is, is very complex. Um, but I, but this is what I'll say. This is a hot take. Um, I think that when you look at Anthony Davis, okay, say say the Lakers do win, right? And say free agency comes up. This would be the epitome of Kawhi leaving Toronto. Or not leaving Toronto, right? And I think at face value, we don't see it like that because the season is still in progress. Mm-hmm. Assuming the Lakers win, anything can happen. They're up three-one, but you know what happens with Denver. <clears throat> I'm gonna put it like that because people are watching. Say they say they win. Yeah. Who's to say that he doesn't leave? Who's to say he stays? I think it's one of those decision things. I think it's 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 because when you look at the Western Conference. Western Conference gets more competitive uh, next season. The Clippers are going to be better. Mm-hmm. You know, the Lakers still will have LeBron. It was competitive. Utah. Uh, Utah. I mean, but I think Denver, yeah. I think at the end of the day, it's still going to come down to the Clippers, the Lakers, and the Warriors. The Warriors will be a top four team in the Western Conference, right? Mm-hmm. So you look at the East, you look at AD and you say, well, why would he join um, Chicago? Chicago, right? So that's a great question. Um, I feel like LeBron joined the Western Conference before it got to be the Wild Wild West. Again, this is a hot take. This is, this is a combination of things I've heard, I've seen, and just using my two eyes. Mm. Um, you look at the Devin Booker situation, people that I have spoken to, um, you know, there's there's talk about, you know, the, the Timberwolves, you know, moving their first pick. Um, just like there's talk of, you know, Toronto wanting to get better. You know, there's 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 there's, there's chatter. Uh, Rashad Phillips uh, was on the, my podcast, the Scoopy Radio podcast back in the spring and said that, you know, Toronto really, really likes LaMelo Ball and they're looking to make a move in which there could be a potential three-team three, three trade. Uh, between the Philadelphia 76ers, uh, the Warriors, um, and um, the Toronto Raptors, which could potentially bring in uh, Kyle Lowry to Philly, um, LaMelo Ball to Toronto, and would ship Ben Simmons to Golden State. Now, if you hold um, Elton Brand, a guy I respect at his word, um, not trading, um, and B or Simmons. So Simmons. That's, that's, that's what he says. Uh, I'm going I'm to hold him at his word. But at the same time, I know that Philly is looking to get better. I know Philly needs a coach. Mm, yeah. 
I know, you know, has some questions to, to answer as it relates to Man Vliet, Serge Ibaka, and more. Um, so we'll see what happens. Um, as it relates to, I think I answered all your questions, though, Giannis and Chris Paul. So um, I have reported, I've been reporting over the last couple of weeks as it relates to Chris Paul. Um, there are at least eight teams, uh, and I've tweeted it. I haven't had my afternoon coffee, but I know that there are teams that are interested in Paul, namely um, the New York Knicks, uh, the Phoenix Suns, the Milwaukee Bucks, the Denver Nuggets, um, the, the, and a couple other teams. I just on Twitter, but um, I know that the Knicks have lined uh, a trade that they would like to offer to the Oklahoma City Thunder. I did reach out to Sam Presti. Um, both of his phones have not heard back from him yet. Uh, but what I will say to you is that um, I think that um, the best fit for Chris Paul would be the Milwaukee Bucks. And I know that uh, in a meeting that Giannis Antetokounmpo did have uh, with uh, the Bucks, uh, it was a lunch meeting with his mother, his, his brother, uh, and, you know, Lazarus, who was the majority owner of the Bucks. I know um, that he was not looking for a long-term deal unless the Bucks were able to make some type of move in the offseason you know, to get them more help. And Chris Paul was one of the names that was on that list. Right. Um, so, you know, do you give up Eric Bledsoe, who has, what, two or three years left on it, on, on his deal? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you do. We've seen enough, bro. Yeah. <laughs> we, we, we've seen enough, bro. So that that's 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 kind of like we're in this either-or stage right now. You can get with this or you can get with that. So those are the, that, that's the chatter that – you know, that's being had around the league, and, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. You know, you look at the Brooklyn Nets. You know, Drew Holiday is another guy that um, – is a guy that the Nets have interest in, the Clippers have interest in him, the Sixers have interest in him, mm-hmm. the Bucks have interest in him. So if you don't get Chris Paul um, on the Bucks side, do you go after Drew Holiday? I think Drew Holiday is one of the most underrated uh, point guards in the league, almost Andre Miller-like underrated. Absolutely. Totally agree with that statement. Totally agree. So, so scoop. So, I know you mentioned Ann Davis. You know, may you know if he leaves um, L.A., Chicago is up there. But why just not come to the Knicks, bro? What's up? You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I, you know I, why go to Chicago? Why go to Chicago? Come to New York. He almost did. So, you know, Davis gave a list of of, of um, teams. That's right. Yeah. Tell him. Tell him. Tell him. New York. So. <laughs> No, it's not. It's not. So, you know, I don't have any sources. So, (laughs) so what I'll tell you is, you know, Anthony Davis did um, give a list of um, teams way back um, that he that he would like to join. Uh, He gave that list to the Pelicans, and then that was like a big um, roadmap. I'm using that word a lot today. It was a big roadmap of just, you know. Brooklyn, you know, there was a point where Denver, you know, did reach out to to, to Pelicans as it related to Anthony Davis. And, you know, mm. what I'll say is at the trading deadline, when all that stuff went crazy with Magic, Del Dems, and just everything, um, the Knicks was on that list. Um, and the Knicks did try to, um, last summer, um, go after Davis um, and basically – they didn't have enough. You know, Kevin Knox has been dangled like a carrot forever. Um, True. No one wants that carrot, bro. <laughs> <laughs> no 
No one wants that vegetable. It's a vegetable, right? It's not a fruit. It's a vegetable. It's a vegetable, yeah. No one wants that carrot. Me personally, I think Kevin Knox fits best with the Thunder. Me personally, just as a, a basketball watcher. Because I think that the Knicks aren't going to highlight him the right way. In the sense, mm. like, um, I just think he can be a, a star. And I don't know. I think he can be a star on a, on a young Thunder team that's still trying to find their way that has a lot of assets already. The only thing is, are the Knicks going to absorb that $35 to $40 million uh, contract uh, by way of Chris Paul? You know, you know, people like playing devil's advocate, right? So um, I've heard that, you know, next season, Melo might decide, you know, that he may want to, like, I might want to put it like this. Melo's number seven. Right. When he decides it's his last year, I've heard that he will release seven of his best shoes. Um, that he'll wear in his farewell season that he's, he kind of wants. I've, I've, I've heard that. Um, so when he decides that's what he's going to do, um, it'll be great. I don't know that he's joining the Knicks for mm. all patients. He, he's a blazer moving forward. But right. how cool would it be? Again, suggesting how cool would it be? Mm -hmm. In his career as a Nick and make that situation right. Right. Is that correctly? 130%. I agree with everything mm -hmm. you just said. His farewell tour should be with the Knicks. He should have at least one year where he's wearing the Knicks seven and he's saying goodbye just like your Kobe. I think he deserves it. I mean, obviously, Paul Pierce didn't get that, but that's neither here nor there. The <laughs> fact remains is that Carmelo is a Hall of Famer for his battle, right. in my opinion, and that's... I think that's exactly scoop. I think you're onto something. But the only thing I'm reporting is the sneaker part. So don't, all you aggregators watching... Don't play with me. <laughs> Clarity from Scoopy. Clarity what? from Scoopy. When he decides so. to hang them up, he will wear seven of his best sneaker, seven of his best sneakers in different colorways throughout his career. I have that on on, on full uh, accord with, with right. you know, and so the Knicks would be cool to see. We're talking about feathers. The Lakers would be cool to see. And I think you look yeah. at the, you look at the Dwight Howard situation with the Lakers. If he leaves, the Lakers can make that right by you know bringing in Carmelo Anthony. So there's a there's a lot there. Um, so we'll see. We'll see. If Paul comes to the Knicks, it will be cool to see he and Carmelo in New York together. That, that's something that fans want. Um, I know Melo's laying low, and I think he said all the right things with Portland. Um, and and so you know Portland will be cool to see, but. I think Mello and Dwight Howard are in similar situations contractually. I think they've raised their value, and mm. you know we'll, we'll see what happens. Right. So before I let you go, Scoop, uh, the playoffs are still going on. If you haven't seen the show the last couple of weeks, so this is you know Denny to my right, whatever, told me that <laughs> Denver was going to win in seven. You know Denver. You know I seen on Twitter Denver has the LA right where they want them down three one whatever. So right now he still currently has Denver. In seven, I had LA in six. I had my um, I have Boston in seven, 
He had Miami in six. So right now he's winning that battle. I'm winning the, the Western Conference battle. And we're possibly on the road to a Lakers-Miami Heat NBA Finals. The storylines are there. LeBron, Heat, Pat Riley, Lakers. It, 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 it's a good sell. Um, even, if, even if you get L.A. and Boston, it's still got the, the story tradition rivalry between those two teams. But uh, if it happens to be L.A. and Miami, who wins that series? How many games? And could it be a potential – like, who's a better matchup for L.A., Miami, or Boston to, to kind of bring them to at least a game six or a game seven? I think Miami and L.A. would be matched perfectly. Um, but so would Boston, L.A. Mm-hmm. The series is still going on, like you said, and with the Western Conference's uh, darlings and the Denver Nuggets being what they are, um, you, you, you got to – it's not over until, you know, the, the clock says zero, 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 zero. Um, the Lakers are one win away from, um, you know, making it to the finals. Um, they got three tries to get it done. And and so I don't – but I, I if I'm the Lakers, I'm trying to close it out. I've used this analogy on a, a myriad of shows. The Denver Nuggets are that fourth cup of wine. <laughs> fourth cup. Fourth. That fourth glass. What happens – yeah, what happens after the fourth, the fourth – the fourth glass of wine scoop? What happens? It ain't the best part of waking up with phobies in your cup. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, hey, fourth, fourth drink of wine, man. Fourth class. Yeah, if I, if I'm, if I'm, if I'm, well, you look like Ray Ramon, four time. Yeah, four time, four time champion. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. No, listen, listen. I tell, I was telling, telling Randy. I said, listen. I, I, I picked the Lakers from the beginning of the season. I picked the Lakers from the beginning of the playoffs. It is what it is. I just don't like a team getting hot at the right time that's been through all they've been through down 3-1 twice. They know who to get the ball to when clutch, you know, when, when it's clutch time, when mm-hmm. it's money time, they know where to go. They have no confusion. Everybody's playing their own roles. They're running on all cylinders. And I'm looking at the Lakers box score and I'm seeing consistently what I'm supposed to see from the Lakers, which yeah. is LeBron and 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 um and, and actually AD doing work. Go ahead, Randy. Talk to so me. hold up, school real quick. So mind you, the backstory is we did a preview show for the playoffs, right? Right. So originally, uh, Blanco had LA and Milwaukee in the finals, right? Right. He sees Denver taking down Utah down three one. He sees Denver <laughs> taking down the Clippers down three one. We did a show that night after the game yeah. seven. So my thing, if if you have if you have a prediction, you you stay with it, you rock with it, right? Your man right here changed course on the fly that night and said, "You know what? Forget all that. I got Denver in seven. So he he uh, no Milwaukee. I I got that. L.A. was still in it. He said, "No, scrap that. I got Denver in seven. So his his whole prediction is invalid right now. Well, well, listen. I just want before scoop, I just want to let you know that listen, I got some new data. I, I've never seen that. I've never seen a Serbian play like that before ever in my life, and, 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 and I've never seen the army that Denver has. And I just had to change, change, change course a little bit. School, I apologize. I gotta tell you a secret. Uh, David Fisdale just enters the chat. Take that for data. <laughs> <laughs> 
It's data, baby. It's data, baby. Come on, y'all. I can't argue. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm, I don't want to bet against the king and Anthony Davis, which is exactly what I'm doing, right? I'm betting against those two because I don't believe in really the, the, the rest of the Lakers. I really don't believe in them. They haven't shown me anything to believe in, to be really honest and truthful with it, okay? Well, listen, stayed, good, good, Randy. Talk this, this really should be 2-2. Two, two. Oh, now you want to talk about what really should have happened. Nah, it okay, should be two, two. Me. it should be 2-2. Two, two. I agree with that. Thank you. Thank you. Denver's not, Denver's not getting beat by the Lakers. Denver is beating themselves. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, school. And um, I grew up in a black uh, Baptist church. <clears throat> and a song that my sister sings when she's on her solo is a song by the gospel artist, artist excuse me, Pamela Mann. Hey, Pamela Mann, yes. You the king. Yes. I think when you look at the Lakers this year, um, I, I think – they are the most underdog first seed team in recent history. Absolutely. Yeah. When you, when you look at first seeds, I, I take it back to the last few years. You look at in the Eastern Conference, for example, uh, the Atlanta Hawks, the Boston Celtics were first seed teams, and they both lost to a LeBron James-led Cleveland Cavaliers team. Um, just because you first doesn't mean you're going to finish that way. Right. And I think that when you look at the trajectory of the Lakers this season, they've had a few things going for them. <clears throat> Number one, the everybody on that team has so much um, riding on them winning. You you know, Marshall Falk was on the Heavy Live with Swoopy show <clears throat> last month, and he said they got like all the rejects. You know, like Dwight Howard, right? J.R. Smith. You know, even Jason Kidd, who who had the credentials in some people's eyes, and Rob Palenka's eyes, you know, to be the head coach. But you know, they brought in Frank Vogel. You know, Dion Waiters. Mm-hmm. So, like, I, I feel like this this team they've got some some grit to them in a way that maybe the Bucks didn't have. Um, and and so I, I remember back in in, in February. Uh, during All-Star Weekend in Chicago, I literally sat in a Neiman Marcus dressing room and did an interview with Troy, Troy Daniels. Nothing like that. Because um, <laughs> so, I already know. So, <laughs> so like, <laughs> he was doing, like, a Neiman Marcus for, like, fashion, and, and I needed a, a quiet area to, to, to take up a quarter and, and, and do this interview. And one of the things that he said, Troy Daniels is now a member of the Denver Nuggets, and you know, when I sat down with Troy, I talked about the the, the notion that he might get, you know, uh, cut. And they ended up, you know, cutting him to bring in the Morris twin. And, um, you know, but one of the things that he said that I'll, I'll, I'll take with me um, was the Lakers are the most underdog first seed. And he said the Lakers don't fear the Clippers. Um, right. The thing about the Clippers in that situation is, when I talked about the adversity, like the Lakers didn't have the luxury of load management. The Lakers dealt with injuries to DeMarcus Cousins. Mm. They had to bring in, re-sign Contagious Cobalt Pole because they didn't get Kate. I mean, uh, Avery uh, Bradley got hurt too. And then Avery Bradley didn't come to the bubble. So then, you, and then the other thing is, sometimes when it's your time, uh, it's your time. And I think as much as people understate it, and, and I, I don't think they should use this Kobe for clicks, but I do think that the Kobe situation is a motivating factor. Uh, When I talked to Troy Daniels, he told me the story about how the Lakers um, found out about Kobe Bryant's death uh, on the airplane. And he said that 
And they were, if you recall, they were all on a road trip, uh, on the East Coast road trip from Martin Luther King Day through, you know, January mm-hmm. 5th. I was with the Lakers on Jan- the night of January 25th uh, when LeBron broke uh, Kobe's record at the Wells Fargo Center in Philadelphia. And this is something that I always take with me. Um, LeBron yells after they the, the after that game, yo, we're not going home tonight. We're flying home tomorrow. If the Lakers had flown home that night, because by the time that game was over, immediate availability was what it was, it was midnight. Mm-hmm. I wonder if LeBron would have had the chance to have that phone conversation with Kobe the night before. Mm. That last conversation that LeBron had with Kobe, the way it's been described to me, um, was was like some Jedi mind uh, aerobics. Daniel, son, Mr. Miyagi. And so... When you go from that to the next day, God rest his soul, the helicopter actually happens and the Lakers on a plane. And then you're hearing, you know, the way it was told to me, Troy Daniels said that Dwight Howard's yelling, yo, yo, Kobe, Kobe's gone, Kobe's gone. And people are like, man, shut up. And then, you know, um, people are pulling up their phones and having a conversation. And then the way it was told to me, and this is when I really think that the Lakers kind of locked in. The way it was told to me, as the plane was landing and everybody was upset and was crying, mm-hmm. Oval places his hand on every player on the Lakers, and he's laying hands on them and he's praying. Mm. Mm. Me hearing that story, and I heard it on records from Troy Dales, and I've heard it from other members of the Lakers as well in conversation. To me, um, I, I think that was so powerful, and I think sometimes when it's your time and when when things are divinely orchestrated the way it is. I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I'm just a, a fan of alignment. I think it would be great for basketball, just like I think it would be great for basketball if the Celtics were able to miraculously find a way uh, to, 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 to overcome this 3-1 deficit. Because I think as much as people, as I'm, as I'm praying in the benediction, this is what I'll say, uh, as, 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 as much as we've been born in the house and in the house board and stuck in the house, um, and people have made statements about um, this not being a real championship because it's in the bubble. How great would it be for basketball purists to um, see basketball for its rivalry? Um, the, 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 the Lakers have uh, how many championships? The Celtics have how many championships? If the Lakers are able to win a championship this year, they'd be able to win it for Kobe, one. Two, they'd be able to even it up with the Celtics. And three, it really would give, um, you know, basketball fans some quantity and quality. Um, right. So, you know, I think if it's a, a Celtics-Lakers matchup, um, it will be a great uh, matchup for, for basketball purists. If it's not, it's still a storyline of assuming the Lakers go to the finals, LeBron playing against his former team, LeBron versus Riley. Riley used to be a head coach of the Lakers. Just all of those different factors. Then you're going to see on social media, Dwayne Wade and LeBron taking yep. majors. It's going to be it's going to be fun either way, but you know, the basketball purist in me wants to see Lakers. Diddy Blanco. Blanco. Listen, Listen, this is, this time uh, spent is, is uh, dope just get hearing the information from you. So, um, so you obviously want to see the Lakers and, and Boston. I, I'm looking at Lakers and the Heat. I'm looking out. I, I want to see, I want to see that kind of, um, what energy that comes about with Pat Riley and LeBron and, and, um, mm-hmm. you know, 
Miami being uh, a team full of dogs versus, you know, obviously the, the, the Lake show. But once again, the Lakers are up 3-1. So, Scoop, hmm. we're going to see what the Denver Nuggets <clears throat> My Denver Nuggets. <laughs> wow, my Denver Nuggets. Wow. <laughs> We're going to see wow. what my Denver Nuggets do. <laughs> you said gonna, my Denver Nuggets. My, my Denver Nuggets. We're going to see what my Denver Nuggets do. But when you mentioned, also, lastly, when, when you mentioned uh, the Lakers, it's, it's I think it's Manifest de Destiny. Manifest Destiny. Mm -hmm. It's like the Lakers, Kobe passing, AD hitting the shot, yelling out Kobe. Same year they win a chip, beat you know whoever they beat. I think just in general, them winning mm -hmm. the championship will be a, a nice pin to this season. And finally, I was once telling Randy also, they need to keep the the, the regular uh, season, the arenas, just like they are in the bubble. Okay, I was telling Randy earlier, and you could um, mind you, let me let me be specific, Scoop. Let me be specific now. There are four rows that they've they've moved. There are a lot of plays that wouldn't have happened if those four rows were there. Is that true or false? Am I going crazy? Remember the Jimmy, was it the Jimmy Butler, the save out of, he was going out of bounds, he saved it, brought it back in, and came all the way back in and then got a dunk? Like, that doesn't happen yeah. in the regular season. I think he's referring to the, the amount of space you have around the court where it's not like the front row. You have all this space right here. If you go back into the arenas, the NBA players, you have all this space around the court, so there's no camera guys, no ball, you know, Nothing. ball boys, stuff like that. Just like makes from, the basketball, from that perspective. Yeah, it makes the basketball smoother. Go ahead. It's going to be interesting to see what life is like when – I don't like to use the word the new normal. I'll just say it's going to be interesting to see what life is like. Like, like for the last six months, we haven't gone to the movies. Mm. Do we have partitions, like, like at the movie theater? You're thinking about Beyonce, weren't you, when I said <laughs> – <laughs> But seriously, like – what what is it what is it gonna be like? It, it's it's like I don't know. Who wants to go to the movie? Me personally, I'm not really feeling it. Nah, me either. I do want to see I do want to see basketball the way like I said. I have no problem with basketball. That's another thing too. With basketball arenas, they shrink the people. Then it's going to be VIP. Then it's going to be like you know you have to be important to get into the arena. You can't just be a Joe Joe Smo fan. But at the same time too, I think just the way they spaced it out for basketball for the skills, just to be able to save a basketball, go out of bounds, and not worry about spraining your ankle or hurting mm. your neck. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's a new day. But, right. uh, Scoop, you're the man 50 grand, baby. That's right. I want to thank you, uh, Scoop, for coming on. Uh, you can follow Scoop on Twitter and Instagram at Scoop B. You can follow Denny Blanco at I am Denny Blanco on both Instagram and Twitter. And, you know, for me, I'll, I'll, I'll close out with this. So, you know, trying to be like Scoop, right? Trying to get some breaking news and shit. So, I've heard, I've heard that if, if, if it's Lakers in Miami in the finals and the Lakers lose to the Miami, I heard that LeBron will be taking his talents back to South Beach. That's what you're <laughs> All right, we'll see. His source is trash. His source is trash. A player told me. A player told me. Right, Scoop? A player told me. Unknown player. Unknown player. Place for the CBA. Chinese basketball. Former player. My new thing is, like, people will say to me, yo, Scoop, did you hear this? Is this true? And I'm like, who am I to tell somebody they wrong? Like and so, if that's what you heard, hey man. Nah, LeBron will be. Uh, LeBron will, will uh, retire 
a Laker. So that's how he's we going. Uh, where, where else are you going? He ain't coming to it. He he's going, going to the Knicks. That's right. To the Knicks. Knicks. That's right. That's, a, that, that's the final team. That's the final I think, team. I think LeBron is holding out to play <laughs> one season with his son so he can do the King Griffey Jr. thing. I, I totally agree with that. I, agree. I totally agree. I agree. I agree. I totally so agree. With that. Says he doesn't go back to Cleveland for one year. Mm. And then retires at Right. I agree with that. I like yeah, that. I we'll see. Uh, Denny Blanco, Scoop B, thank y'all, and I appreciate it. Gentlemen, take Later. Later. And this is Scoop B Radio saying you bring the coffee and I'll bring the Duncan. Come on. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards... Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, tap to pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how tap to pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well. Hello Fresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.